Today on It's Time. See, if you want to go through the scripture and just tear out verses, you can prove that Jesus was just a man. But if you're going to look at verses concerning who Jesus was, you need to look at all the verses who Jesus was and those that speak of his deity as well. Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry of Pastor Mike Kessler, the pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, Pastor Mike is teaching on the book of 2 Peter. The study on 2 Peter is part two of the Peter series, and if you'd like to catch up on the series, 1 Peter is available for free download through the iTunes podcast store, or you can purchase it from CSN at 800-357-4226. With 2 Peter, here's Pastor Mike. Second Peter. And um, sometimes we think, well, you know, God, um, I, I've grown in you. And I think that's great. You know, if you can look back in the past year and see where you were versus where you are now, uh, you're at a new level. God's brought you through a lot of things and you trust him more. And I, there's the old saying, new level, new devil, too. Because what the tactics that the enemy used to trip you up don't really work as you continue to grow in God. So he's always developing a new strategy to try to wipe you out, to stop you from doing what God wants you to do for all the lies that you will uh, affect in your life towards the kingdom of heaven. And so as you understand then that the battle that we all have, um, that we all face each day living our lives for Christ, uh, the word of God was written not only to encourage you, to remind you of your eternal reward, but also how to be mindful and wise so that the things of this world, the philosophies of this world, do not hurt your heart and cause you to give up in your relationship with God. You know, I don't believe that there's anybody that doesn't go through something in their life that makes it at different times. You just want to say, God, I'm just going to slip out the back, Jack, make a new plan, stand, I'm out of here. We all feel that way sometimes. Don't feel like you're the only one that goes through that because we all can experience that. But here's the good news. God has put in His Word things that will help you sustain your heart in the crises that is going to come to every one of us. Friends, if you're born again here this morning, you are not without an enemy. Now, I'd love to be able to say, accept Jesus as your Savior, and you're not going to have another problem. Well, we know that's not true. The fact of the matter is, as we shared before, Jesus sets the captives free. And when he sets the captives free, that would imply that they've been in prison. And you know yourself, if anybody breaks out of prison, that prison will use every resource that they have to bring that captive back into prison again. Well, let me tell you, when you've been broke out of Satan's prison, the devil uses every resource he can find to drag you back into the world that you were in before. And that's why we find this spiritual battle that goes on. So... Don't think some strange thing has happened to you when you accept Christ as your Savior and now all of a sudden you've been set free and the devil tries to drag you back. That's the way he works. And he works in various ways. Now the Bible very clearly tells us the ways the devil likes to use to hurt you, to cause you not to grow, to cause you not to go to a new level in him. 
Because we know our faith grows from glory to glory. We understand that there's a, a principle in God lays down that, that grows us up. And so this morning as we continue our study, actually we'll do a little review in Second uh, Peter chapter 1. And then we're going to go into chapter 2. And we'll see what God has for us this morning. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We ask you. Now that as we go to your word that your Holy Spirit speaks to us, causes us to be aware, God, and sensitive to your spirit, Lord, that we'll learn better to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at verse 19, chapter 1 of Second uh, Peter. It says, For we also have the prophetic word made more sure. Um, which is actually like saying like this, we also have the prophetic word, which is even more sure than this, which you do well to heed as light shines into a dark place until the day dawn and the morning star arises in your heart. He said, you do well if you listen to what I'm saying here. I think that's wise. Now, Peter was a guy that was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. He watched him die he watched him come back to life again, friends. So I, I, I like Peter's writings here because he didn't, he didn't get this word secondhand. He got it firsthand. Knowing this first, verse 20, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Now what this is saying, it's not up to an individual to interpret what it's saying. When we look at the Bible in context, it's going to keep you from getting off. You can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. Have you ever heard that from people? I grew up listening to different people say things. And one of the things, my parents were Christians. They'd always share their faith with people. And I, I remember people saying to my mom, I still remember it to this day. Oh, the Bible, you can make it say anything you want. You heard that? You can if you take it in context. If you take it in context, it means exactly what it says. If you take one verse out of the Bible and build a whole theology upon it, which many of the cults do today, you're going to always find the ability to twist what the Word of God says. But if you take it in context, and that means simply, as it says in Isaiah, line upon line, precept upon precept. Now, the line upon line is the order in which we study. The precept is the thought or the heart behind what is written. He said, if you do that, you're not going to get messed up. That's how you study the Word of God. Line upon line, precept upon precept. And that means that prevents somebody from taking a verse and tearing it out of the Bible and building a theology upon it. Now, I've used this illustration before, but I like it because it fits well. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Many of you are familiar with that verse. So that means we can rob and steal and pillage. Because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Is that what it says? Well, if you look at the context, it's speaking of a godly life and serving God. Not that it's a free license to go out and do whatever we want to do. Well, friends, there's many other verses like that in the Bible. You come across there in Corinthians 15, where it talks about baptism for the dead. And you'll find different religions grab on to baptizing for the dead then. Well, the Corinthian church was doing a lot of really kooky stuff too. They had taken the communion sacrament, you might say, and changed it into a drunken party. That's how bad it was. I tell people, if you're ever going to try to get some doctrine, don't try to get it from the book of Corinthians. Because Paul's letter to the church at Corinth was a corrective letter because they were doing all kinds of crazy things. 
So getting back in balance again is what's so important if you're going to keep your life from getting ripped off. Listen, bad beliefisms lead to bad behavior. That's the way it always is. If you believe that you're evolved sludge, well, you can then do whatever you want to do because you're just a higher form of animal. But on the other hand, if you believe that God divinely created you and life is from God, all of a sudden you put a high value on life and what God is going to do in your life and do in the lives of others. You see, you're not a cosmic mistake. If you believe a lie, it's going to create bad behavior. Well, he tells us here that scripture, prophecy, is not of any private interpretation or single interpretation. In other words, it just isn't up to the person to say, hey, this is what it means. What does the rest of the Bible have to say about the matter? Now, you'll have people come to your door, and they'll be nicely dressed, and they'll smile. And they'll begin to show you in the Bible, Do you have you heard of the Savior? Uh, yeah, I think I have. Let me tell you about the Savior. And then they'll go through the Bible and show you every verse where Jesus was a man. And they'll say, see, Jesus was a man, just like you and me. And then you say, yeah, but the Bible also says he was God. No, he's not God. Well, wait a minute. Yes, he is. Thomas, when he put his fingers in his holes in his hands and thrust his hand into his side and fell to his knees and said, my Lord and my God. Jesus didn't say, quit swearing, Peter, and get up. He didn't stop him from saying, my Lord and my God. Thomas was confessing who Christ was. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1, he shall be called Emmanuel. And then, for those that can't get it, even in the scripture it says, which translated means God with us. See, if you want to go through the scripture and just tear out verses, you can prove that Jesus was just a man. But if you're going to look at verses concerning who Jesus was, you need to look at all the verses who Jesus was and those that speak of his deity as well. Yes, Jesus was a man, but he was also God on earth. And so this is where the issues come in. And so private interpretation or single interpretation means that it's just one person giving you their bend on it rather than looking at it in its context. And friends, remember, when somebody comes to your door, and if you don't get this, they'll eat you alive, tough guy. And it's true. Because I watched them do it. And I watched them almost do it to me before as well. They'll come and they'll quote a verse and they'll say, In the beginning, I was there when I created you. See that speaking of Jesus as a quote out of Psalms. Except one problem. It's speaking of wisdom, not speaking of Jesus. And if you would read the context, you would catch that it's speaking about wisdom, not about Jesus. But this is the problem that happens. Now you say, well, Mike, why do you spend time on this? Because... The devil wants to rip you off. The devil wants to cause you to believe things that are not true. So there you can be pulled off to the side, believe a lie. Your your joy that God has placed in your heart can be destroyed. And then you're powerless to influence others. Let's look on. He says that no scripture or prophecy uh, of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man. The will of man, by the way, friends, is a lot different than the will of God. If you didn't catch that, if you don't know that, the will of God is much different than the will of man. And the will of man really doesn't impact the will of God. God's going to do what God wants to do. So he says here that it never came by the will of man, 
but by holy men of God who spoke as they were carried by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't written by a bunch of men. It was written divinely by God to inspire you, to feed your heart, so that you can do and be what God's called you to be. Now let's go to chapter 2, verse 1. But there was also false prophets among the people. Now, friends, that is something that we look through the Old Testament, and they're all the way through the Old Testament. The false prophets. Those that would come in the name of the Lord and say things that weren't true. And they were twisting what the truth was for their own gain. And as we read on here, you'll see why it concerned Peter. Now, Peter loved Jesus. And Peter denied Jesus. And so you know how much it meant to Peter to have that right relationship with God. We remember Peter said, Lord, before I'm willing to go die for you. And Jesus said, before the cock crows twice, you'll deny you know me three times. And Peter couldn't believe it. But just as Jesus said... As Jesus was then arrested later on that evening, and he was in the courtyard, and they had blindfolded and they were beating Jesus, different people would come up to Peter and say, now you're one of, you're a Galilean, you're one of his followers, aren't you? And Peter would deny that he knew who the Lord was. Well then when Jesus caught up with Peter along the Sea of Galilee, he asked him three times after Jesus rose from the dead, Peter, do you love me? And it is interesting to me that Peter understood the, the importance of maintaining a relationship with God. And what can destroy that type of relationship, and that is bad information in our lives. You see, whether it comes from yourself or whether it comes from somebody else, there is something that wants to separate you from God's purposes. Notice it says, but there were also false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in divisive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. It is interesting, isn't it? That he says, as there was then, there will be now. I always think it's funny. You you look in the Old Testament. And you see these guys doing all this different stuff. Those that would prophesy victories for the nation of uh, Israel. And uh, they weren't speaking on God's behalf. You look at Janus and Jambres in the Old Testament who withstood Moses. False prophets. Friends, they're always going to be around. So how do you know if something's straight or not? Well, you've got to know the Word of God. Now that's why God's given you a Bible. And that's why it's important, I believe, that we teach the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, so there is no tampering that can go on with the Word of God. I can give you flowery sermons on, aren't you good looking? Yeah. And you can go out of here thinking you're real good looking, but you can still be very vulnerable to the enemy. We can talk about, slip Jesus in your pocket and climb to the top. And you can actually use many of the biblical principles in your business and do very well in your business. Because I believe that all things are designed by God that work well. And so whether it's your personal life or your business life, you can apply biblical principles in your life as we talked about last week or in your business and your business will prosper. But you can still not have that line upon line basis for your faith that, in, as an example, in a new year, the devil's going to come after every one of you. Don't think that, well, I'm a Christian, Mike. I'm not really doing anything to really make the devil mad at me, so I'll be okay. You know, me and God and the devil all have agreement. I'm okay, you're so-so. No, I mean, I mean I'm, we're all right. 
The truth is, is that if you're born again here this morning, the devil's going to come after you with a club. And he will be clever, but he will show no mercy. And you have to remember that you have a real, live enemy of your soul. And how that works is through various ways. Now, he talks about the false prophets that were then and the false prophets that are now. It still goes on, friends. And your defense is knowing what the Word of God says. Because it doesn't necessarily come from people who are in the cults. It can come from people who are Christians or even call themselves brethren. Now, when you realize that Jesus had 12 disciples, Jesus being God, and among them was Judas Iscariot, what's the ratio? Back to math class 101. That would be a ratio of 1 to 12. And you look at a room like this, and you wonder, God, where does that leave us? God doesn't want us to look at each other suspiciously, I don't believe. But I do believe that we have to realize that sometimes Christian brethren don't always act the way they're supposed to act. And when that happens, we beat them up. No, not at all. When that happens, what does the Bible say we do for them? We pray for them. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. You know, the Bible tells us how we're supposed to, to, to respond to one another. But when somebody sets themselves up as a teacher and does this kind of stuff, and that, that is whether they're running down the Sunday school teachers or somebody that tries to serve in the church here or me or somebody else, hey, listen, be careful of that. Because, see, there might be another motive why they do these things. Now, as we read on here, we're going to see this. Verse 2, it says, Many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. It says many people will follow them. Why? Because there's just something within the heart and the nature of the old sin nature that loves to enter into that kind of behavior. It says, and this is the reason why, verse 3, by covetousness. Now, that, see, we don't use that word much anymore. That, that's kind of an old King James word. You know what I mean? Now, you children, don't be covetous. No one turn to another. No, we don't usually say that. But we do use these words. In their greed, so substitute by covetousness, but in their greed, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. He says it is because they're greedy they do these things. Isn't that something? They want something that you got. Now, you might notice that in your own personal life. You'll, you'll have maybe friends that are around you that may treat you nice. They, you may even, they may even call you their friend. But if you've got something that they want, whether it's position, money, power, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, children, whatever it might be, the Bible says because they're covetous or they're greedy for what you have, they will come after you and desire to do these things to you. As it says, they will exploit you. Now, I think that's scary because it tells me that not everybody, even called by the name of the Lord, has pure intentions. Now, we want to have our intentions pure. That's the, the heart, of I believe, of a Christian. And I believe that's what is made manifest as we pray to God. And we say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And the Lord begins to refine what we're doing inside. And he begins to reveal to us the motive or the spark plug or why we do what we do. And, you know, we can be doing things that look spiritual. 
But it could be for a completely different reason. A lot of times people might be doing something as example in the church. So everyone thinks, oh, well, there's a Christian. Oh, yeah, it's really good. But there's really another motive why they're doing it. Now, I think serving God just flat out because, I, oh, God, I love you. If you want me to vacuum the floor, I'll vacuum the floor. If you want me to share a sermon, I'll do a sermon. I remember, I, I think I shared this before, but right when we got the building built, I was out here in the foyer and I was vacuuming the floor. And that's when I had my long ponytail down about the bill of my back. And these people come in and they said, we'd like to speak to the pastor. And I said, really? Mm, really? So I shut it off. And I said, I'll take you to him. They said, okay. <laughs> they didn't really want to talk to me, but they, they, they want to talk to the pastor. So I brought him back to my office and I opened the door and I, I said, have a seat. And they sat down and I went over and sat behind the chair, behind the desk. Their eyes got real big around. We oftentimes think people are different than they are. We oftentimes judge people differently than they really are. And and as I I look at this, I see that, that greed is one of the things that will cause even a Christian to tweak. And, and I think that's very, very serious. And, and, and I, I think we need to be very careful of that. If you see that, you know, and, and to notice that, if you ever notice that in your own life, and you start seeing the greed that comes up in a person's heart, and you're willing to compromise your Christianity for that, you, you know that that's not what God wants. See, see, the, the problem is, is a lot of times people will portray to be very Christian until you have something that they want. And even though they may call you their friend, they, they still want what you have and they'll destroy you to get it. And I, I just want to encourage you to remember that, that, that maybe not everybody around you has the same motive and heart that you do. So just be sensitive to that. And when they do act weird... All I can tell you is do what Jesus did. You know, one of the most astounding things that I find in the Last Supper, that great commemorative supper in which Jesus fulfilled, you might say, what the Passover was all about in the Old Testament, where the blood of the the lamb that was on the the doorpost when the death angel came through on the tenth plague, and the death angel passed over the house of Israel, but in the land of Egypt in which didn't believe in the blood of the lamb, the firstborn of every living thing in the nation of Israel, or Egypt died. But you know, we understand that. And Jesus held up the cup and said, this is my blood which is shed for you. He held up the bread and broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. And, and we see that. But you know, to me, one of the most astounding things about that is you know who was there was Judas Iscariot. Pastor Mike Kessler with It's Time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the new believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner, followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes 
by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's time.